0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support.
1: come before your throne. We know it's a throne of grace and mercy, a throne of might and power. And Father, we thank you for the privilege that we can call upon you. But during this time, we ask you for a special blessing that you would bring a blessing on the nation of Israel, that you would bring a blessing on the people of Israel. Father, you said whatever we bind on earth can be bound in heaven and so we bind right now In agreement with you, every enemy that comes against the kingdom of God, the land of Israel, the children of Israel, we bind the spirit of anti Semitism, which is the anti God spirit. And Father, we thank you for victory in the land of Israel. We thank you for victory in Gaza. We thank you for victory around the world. And we will give you all the praise and all the glory. And we vow, Lord, that we will not be silent that we will be the light of the world we will be clear we will be loud and we will be heard and we give you all the praise and all the glory and God you are almighty God and everybody shouted give the Lord a clap offering one time Amen. amen praise the Lord you may be seated we're starting a little bit early because we have a very special guest uh, with us live from Israel, uh, Sharon Haskell. Sharon is a Knesset member of the National Unity Party. We've met her, you know her. Uh, she's also care, uh, co-chairman of the Knesset Christian Allies uh, uh, Caucus in Israel. They're having uh, very difficult communication problems in Israel, as you can only imagine, huh? So um, we're gonna we're gonna come right back to her if we can. Yeah, We're going to talk about this in a little bit while we're waiting for a hookup. If you see my T-shirt uh, that I'm wearing, this is, this is Aviv, and this is Roz. You're going to see some pictures here. I interviewed, uh, I talked with her family. Um, Roz is, uh, Aviv is two years old, and Roz is four years old, I think four and a half years old, and they are... Uh, been captives, uh, kidnapped by Hamas for uh, I think it's forty something days now, along with a bunch of other children. And uh, one of the reasons why we're we're doing this, and we're going to be continually doing this, is um, uh, I hate it when I hear the media. Listen, can I don't listen to MSNBC. Don't listen to CBS. Don't listen to ABC. Don't listen to those guys. Those guys are devils. These are not prisoners of war. You don't take 10-month-old babies, two-year-old babies, as prisoners of war. And we'll probably talk about this as we get into it. Hamas uh, promised 10000 American dollars and an apartment for every captive that these terrorists would take out of Israel. Why did they promise that? Well, and they'll never pay it. They promise it because they're using these babies just like they use their own babies, they use these babies as human shields. That's not what a soldier does, that's what a coward does. Okay, we've got Sharon back up. Sharon, can you hear us better now?
2: Yes, I can hear you, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, we can hear you much better, thank you, dear. So you're talking about the the state of anti-Semitism and what Jewish communities are facing, not only in Israel, but around the world. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, um, so um, students on campuses in the United States have been violently attacked, uh, verbally abused. Um, They've been shut down. Any meeting that they're trying to do, um, you see also uh, uh, just whoever wants to go out and, protest or stand with an Israeli flag in the streets of, like the streets of Los Angeles, uh, being violently attacked. I mean, just uh, a week and a half ago, Paul Vexler, who was demonstrating, just standing with, a, with an Israeli flag in the streets of Los Angeles, was hit violently and murdered by a pro-Palestinian protest, who hit him in the head with a huge megaphone. Um, I mean, the, the Jewish people around the world are taking off their symbols, they're taking off their yamaka, they're taking off mezuzahs off their walls uh, to hide their identity because they are being targeted. And these reminds us very dark time, You know, dark time where we had to hide our identity as Jews. Um, I'm really thankful though to God that during these times, when we said never again, uh, usually we would have stand alone. And I, I feel, and most Israeli people feel, that these days, when we say never again to that horrifying massacre, really crimes against humanity that were committed against the Jewish people, against the Israelis, against children and women and elderly. We have a very big community of Christians around the world who are standing together with us against racism, against anti-Semitism, against that, you know, who those atrocities that are happening are saying that, you know, they will not be silenced.
1: Sharon, um, we see these demonstrations of these college students, which are led by Uh, Palestinian, -Palestinian, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist professors in these universities. We also know that the five main universities that are promoting these demonstrations have been given like $16.6 billion from China and from other Arab nations. What, in these protests, we... In these protests we hear the 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 terrorist slogan from the river to the sea. So what explain to our people what is the agenda of Islamic jihad, of Hamas, of anti Israel? What's their agenda what's their real agenda?
2: River to the sea means genocide for me. That's what it means. Me and my family, we live between the river and the sea. The river and the sea is the entire state of Israel. They're not talking about peace. They're not talking about a two-state solution. They're not talking about any of it. They are talking about freeing the entire state of Israel. It's free of Jews, Okay. You just need to look into the areas of Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, and into the areas of Gaza. They've been free. They've been free for quite a few years now. To their people, their education system, their culture, Everything. And what kind of freedom did they receive? They received in Gaza complete freedom from Jews. We had to evacuate to evacuate every single living Jew, even the dead who were buried there. We had to dig them out and bury them in the ground. And then after the Jews had to start persecuting the, the, the Christians, and the Christians had to go underground. Uh, 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 priests and, and Christian people, if they won't convert, they will be murdered. Most of them have already evacuated the Gaza Strip and are gone. The very few that are left are actually underground. And so when you ask yourself what are they chanting, pretty from what? That if you sell your property, be because that's Palestinian law. And when you ask any Palestinian, Would they accept any Jewish citizen? They say, of course not, because this liberation movement that those progressive movement is calling for these freedom fighters that they are describing are trying to free the world from anything but Islam. That is, their mean, this is extreme Islam. This is radical Islam calling challenge on the entire world, on the infidels. And they're not ashamed of saying that. They're calling Israel the little Satan and, and America the big Satan. That's how they call us. And they are fighting, not against the Jewish people or the Israelis, but against this concept of liberty and freedom and the values that we share. Like, women's rights, and equality, and, 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 and democracy. That's what we're actually fighting for. And,
1: and yeah. Sharon, let me ask you two more questions. Um, why do you think anti-Semitism is exploding around the world the way it is right now? Uh, We know it's been there, but all of a sudden, it's just coming to the surface. And and in America, in England, in Paris, why do you think this is happening?
2: Well, there's always an excuse. There's always something that sort of needs to trigger it. I mean, you know... uh, if you take years back and you try to describe anti-semitism you know you, you, you don't you, you just need any kind of excuse as long, as long as it fits your narrative then that will be okay uh, it, it talks about emotions and not about logic or facts i mean jews for for many years were Uh, were we're, um, considered uh, this agent of of communism, you know, and then the world would hate us because the Jews are these communists and there'll be huge demonstration and the rise of anti-Semitism. And then the same people will blame us for capitalism. So the Jews are controlling the world and they're controlling capitalism. And that's the idea of Jews, as long as it fits their narrative. And then the Corona came. And of course it's the jews do president there's another rise of anti-semitism every single time the world is in a problem there's a conflict there's an issue it's always israel's fault yeah. it's always the jews fault they only you know this is a hatred and every time that something happened they blame it on the jews and right now this just fits their narrative and you see this all these people that are coming out and it's really, to be honest, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because I see people marching in the streets in support of of a a terrible massacre that we've experienced. These are little children, babies, who were shot in the head at point blank. What in the earth, what in the world did a child ever did to anyone that it would be shot and yeah. abused and be uploaded to social media. Why, how does peace, how does raping a 13 year old girl in front of her parents advance any kind of peace in the Middle East? How does a, 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 cutting a pregnant woman belly and behead the baby that was in her belly, how does that advance the better life of the Palestinian, even a single one? Yeah absolutely ridiculous and you see so many people who go out in support of Hamas but they don't understand that they're just a tool they're just a tool in that wider goal of radical islam to picture itself as if you know that they are the victims and they Completely, completely, uh, uh discharge and, and, and ignore any kind of fact or history or, or, or you know, their leadership that's saying it out loud, they're ignoring it as long as it fits their narrative. And, and you know, I'm really worried, I'm worried also about the Western society. Yeah. I see all these young people advocating for this, such, I mean, Fear people. The- who deserve freedom, real freedom and liberties, are people who are willing to fight for it. Because every generation will be challenged. Every generation, someone's going to try and take our freedom, our values, and it is our, our job and it is our role to fight for these freedom and defend it.
1: Sharon, l- let me ask you. We're, let me let me ask you. I, I, I just got back from Israel a couple days ago and everywhere, we, everybody's always been appreciative of Christians that stand with Israel, but I've never seen the Jewish people so appreciative as they are right now. How important is it that we as Christians speak up loud and clear, saying that Israel not only has the right to defend itself but the obligation to defeat this enemy once and for all. How important is it that we speak up?
2: It is crucial. It is crucial for Israel and it is also crucial for you and your children. Because they're coming for Israel, because we're just the front. But you are going to be next. And what we are fighting for is those values that we cherish so much, that we fought so hard to to have them. Our freedom, our children's freedom, equality, freedom of religion, the sanctity of life. That's what they're challenging. And this is the clash of civilization. And it's very dangerous and it's very difficult here in the Middle East but throughout generation and generation, the Jewish people have stood and been through so many times that people and, 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 and ruler have tried to eliminate the Jewish people. And we overcame it. But we need a friend now. We need a friend to support and to, to be that bridge together. Please don't be silent. You can't be silent because when we said, Never again after the Holocaust, this is never again now when Jews are being attacked, when Jews are violently being being harassed in the streets, in their home, they're being targeted. But not just Israel, but the Jewish in your cities, in your towns, in your country. People are going, targeting their houses, their children, in school. My niece, my sister lives in Texas. I won't give out the city name, but she lives in Texas. And my niece went to school. She's only eight years old. And she was sitting in the dining area when they had a lunch break. And one of the kids was shouting out, I'm going to kill all the Jews. An eight-year-old. Is that what she needs to hear? And that's in America. That's in Texas. We need you. You cannot be silent when people are trying to bully us, to push us, to violently attack us, all of us because they say it out clear their leadership. First are the Jews, and then they're gonna come for the yeah. Christians too. Yeah,
1: yeah. well Sharon, we, we want you to know that we give you and all of Israel and every Jew around the world, we give you our pledge. We will stand with you, we will speak up for you, we will fight with you, and we'll not be silent. And so,
2: thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. And you know,
1: as I as I said to so many people in Israel, because you're seeing all the demonstrations on the news, the pro-Palestinian—they're the loud minority—but we're going to start being the loud majority, and there are more of us than there are of them. And I know you know this, but on. The week of October 7th, when this massacre began, the Torah portion was Hamas would be removed. God speaking to Jonah, and He said Hamas would be removed from the face of the earth. And so, can I tell you from Dallas? Go get them. We're standing with you, and Hamas will be removed. I'll talk to you soon, Sharon. God bless.
2: Thank you. Thank you Bye-bye. God bless
1: you all, thank you. Bye-bye. Give her a great big hand, would you? We're going to, I'm gonna show some pictures here in just a moment of, of, I just went over to Israel. I felt really led to go over there. But I wanna emphasize something, and I know we have thousands and thousands of people watching this around the world. I wanna emphasize something that Sharon said. When they're done with Israel, they're coming for you. And you've got to realize, and this is one of the reasons why we're speaking up so clearly, is Hamas is not just in Gaza. Hamas is here. This is one of the reasons why, and when you, when you vote, think about this. If you vote Democrat, you're voting open borders, You're voting for a party that is pro-Iran. Iran, on October 8th, met in the parliament in Iran, not the Iranian people, the Iranian parliament, which the Biden administration, when Trump was president, Trump put sanctions that crippled Iran's power. The moment the Democrats got in power, Biden removed those sanctions and gave the economic power The head of Hamas said on October 8th or 9th, I wanna thank Iran. I know Biden administration said there's no proof that Iran had anything to do with this. The head of Hamas on television, I played it right here, said I wanna thank Iran because without Iran, Hamas and Hezbollah and and the Houthis out of Yemen would not exist. Iran, because of the Democrats, have the economic power to support these terrorists. And the day after they attacked Israel, the Iranian parliament stood together, I showed it to you, shouting death, not to Israel, death to America. Iran, Russia, and China are in this together. When when we get when we I finish showing you pictures, I'm going to read the prophecy of Zechariah. It's going to blow your mind what you're going to see in here. But one of the prophecies is is that. And I'm getting all I, I'm getting so many people pastors ask me, "Or is this the beginning of Armageddon?" It might be. It might be. But I'll show you in Zechariah. It is definitely a prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah. If this is Armageddon, the Bible tells us that God will put a hook in the jaw of Russia, that China will come in. This is all, all three of these are the evil triangle. They're the evil trinity. And our present administration is in bed with them. We know that Biden just met with the communistic head. Think about this, communistic, communism, killing civilians. If you don't agree with the government, why do you think they keep trying to put Trump in jail? Why do you think that is? If they can trump up charges against an ex-president, why do you think that Biden won 78,000 more IRS agents? Why do you think it was so hard a few years ago to buy ammo, because it was all bought up by the IRS? Wake up, America! The guy who they're talking about replacing Biden, Newsom, this 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 evil evil governor of California. And what did Biden say a couple days ago? He he did such a, he's a, such a great governor that how come hundreds of thousands of people are leaving California? Yeah. Biden pro-Iran, Biden pro-communistic China, Newsom pro-communistic China, when he brought When Newsom was over there in China, then he brought the communistic leader to America. He lined up the streets of San Francisco with American uh, um, uh, Marines holding communistic flags. We call this birth pangs. I was going to save this till I read Zechariah. The Bible says in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars. And it hit me when I was in Israel. Why? I'm gonna show you, I, I was in a war zone. It is a war going on. It's not just a skirmish, it is a war that could escalate into a world war. And if it's a world war in Israel, you're talking about Armageddon, you're talking about the Antichrist, you're talking about the tribulation. And why does the Bible say wars and rumors of wars? Because most Christians, are asleep. We know what's going on, but most Christians, oh yeah, uh, we hear something's happening in Israel. Most Christians are asleep, but that's the reason for birth pangs. You know, when, when a family is getting ready to birth a baby, everybody in that family knows, the kids, the mom, the dad, the grandmas, grandpas, but the neighbors are, oh yeah, I heard you were gonna have a baby. This is a wake-up call for the church, and folks, this is not a light thing. This is not like anything. The world, the world after this will never be the same. It's never gonna be the same. This is either the beginning of Armageddon or it's a wake-up call for a great outpouring of God's signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, I felt led to go over there. I did an interview, I did an interview, uh, a live Zoom with uh, a group of Christians in Singapore while I was there. I was actually in a car when when we Zoomed this conference in Singapore. I did a a Zoom uh, meeting with Daystar while I was over there, and uh, uh, Doug and Joni said, only Pastor Larry would fly over to Israel during a war. But I wanted to go over there and because what you're hearing a lot now, it, it, you know, it, it, it amazes me how stupid people are. I mean, it really does. That's why I said, don't watch MSNBC. You know, they, they, this Jewish man held, was holding a, a, an Israeli flag when they killed him. Holding an Israeli flag, Palestinian protesters killed him and they said, "Well, we can't be sure this was a hate crime." <laughs> MSNBC reported that he fell down and hit his head. This is this is the world we're living in right now. There's a lot of people that are saying in these protests and 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 on the news that it didn't really happen. It's fake news. It's it's AI. It's it's images that they made up. So I wanted to go over there to say I had my boots on the ground. This is uh one of the houses there are there were there were in the area Gaza is right right outside, right outside about 7800 yards away. We could uh we videoed a bunch of this and uh we'll show it on the television program, but you could hear uh, the different booms going off while we're videoing. And they said, well, that's a tank going off. That's artillery. Then you hear a different boom. That's a rocket that was being shot in, and they shot it down by the Iron Dome. So, this, there, there are in this area where the massacre took place. And, and understand 1,400 people brutally, brutally murdered. And 240 something were kidnapped. Uh, this is one of the houses we were in. And if you just stay here a minute, um, it's an amazing story because we were in this, this house. And l- let me throw something in here. There are three main kibbutz uh, in the area. Two of the main kibbutz suffered horrible, horrible uh, loss of life. One kibbutz did, lost no one. And I won't point out the gentleman because of s- security, but he pulled me aside and he said, Pastor Larry, he said, I'm the head of the security of the kibbutz that lost no lives. And he said, I'll tell you the reason why. And it's very important that we hear this. The, uh, the, the, each kibbutz, they have what's called first responders. In other words, th- this kibbutz here had, I believe, 1,200 people who lived there. And this kibbutz, these kibbutz all did every, they called them in Israel as a, as a nickname, peaceniks, because they really worked, they're not religious, they're not political, they really worked for peace with the Palestinian people in Gaza. Gaza's right across the fields from here. And uh, every day, 30,000 people from Gaza came across the borders to work in Israel. But what they didn't realize, and so much for the innocent civilians, is that for years they were showing, the the Palestinians were drawing down at 10 o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning, here's where the children will be. Here's in this kibbutz is where their medicine is. Here's where their nurses are. Here's where the women will be. And so they were drawing maps so that when Hamas attacked, they would know where to get the women, where to get the children. Each kibbutz had what's called first responders, and these were men who were allowed to have a pistol. But they passed a law, which they've now changed. You know, it's kind of like closing the barn door after the horse is out. They changed it instead of these men who were first responders in case something happened, Uh, Instead of allowing them to carry on their body, they made them lock it up in what they called an armory, in a a storage room. And so because of the civilian uh, Palestinians, they drew a map where the storage was so they knew as soon as the attack took place, these men would run to the storage room to get their handguns, and they just killed them before they ever got there. This guy said, we lost no, we lost nobody in our kibbutz. Why? Because we refused to obey the law. We refused not to be armed. (laughs) And we had, even though Hamas had machine guns, we had semi-automatic weapons. And because we were armed, we were able to defend ourselves. Think about another policy of the Democrats is to disarm Americans when our Constitution says we have the, and, and I've, I've always believed in the right to bear arms, but now I see why we have to have a right to bear arms because if we don't have the ability to defend ourselves, listen, the, 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 Hamas is here. This is why the open borders. You know, in the last month, it's been something like 7,000 Chinese have been allowed into our country. In the last month, There, the Democratic Party is definitely trying to bring in the enemies of democracy and freedom, and we've got to understand what's going on. So this is an interesting house. We're in this house, and you can see that the house is all burnt up and bombed out. What Hamas did, and by the way, by the way, uh, and I, I can't remember if I told you this. I've done so many interviews. Hamas put a bounty out on, did I already say this? Hamas put a bounty out on captives that they'll give, a, 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 anybody who brings a captive back to Gaza gets an apartment, and I think it's 10000 Ameri- American dollars. So the first wave that came in were Hamas terrorists. But once the, the massacre began, the next wave were citizens. Not Hamas, citizens, Palestinian citizens that came across and did the same butchering, raping, murdering. And that's why you saw when you first saw this that they had captives in the back of trucks and captives on the back of motorcycles. And you saw Palestinians trying to grab them out of the trucks. Why were they trying to do it? They wanted them as their captives. That's what they wanted. This house here was one of the first houses we went into And um, right over in this area would have been the safe room. Every house in that area, because they they get hundreds and hundreds of rockets shot at them every year. Could you imagine if every year we in Dallas were getting hundreds of rockets shot in to just our civilians? And we would go, oh, well, God bless you. No, we we would we would grab bare arms and make sure this didn't. I I would. I would. And so, I'm over here in this uh, safe room. Every house had a safe room, but none of the safe rooms had locks on the doors because they weren't safe rooms against terrorists, they were safe rooms against rockets and against missiles. And so they none of them had a lock on the door because if something happened and your home got hit and you were trapped in there, they wanted to be able to come in from the outside and get you out. So when Hamas came in, when these terrorists, these butchers came in, they just machine gunned and slaughtered everybody and was raping everybody. And the people would lock themselves in the safe room. There's a handle on there, and they would hold the safe room door closed, and the doors weren't made to withstand bullets. And so they would just keep shooting in there. They, the, the, the Several terrorists said um, we would hear a baby crying, and so we would just keep shooting until we didn't hear anybody crying anymore. And then if they couldn't get them out, this is why they're all burnt or anything, they would throw hand grenades or set it on fire so the people would have to run out with their children. And as they ran out, they would kill them, rape them, murder them, uh, kidnap them, whatever. I was in this house and I was over here in a safe room and I looked in there. And uh, now this is gonna be a, a, a little gross, but when I walked in there, they said, watch where you're stepping. And I thought, well, it's because of the glass and the, the, the nails and everything. And I said, oh, that's, I know I wore, that's why I wore boots. And they said, we're still collecting body parts. Because what they did was when they grabbed the children or the women or whoever, they cut their hands off, then they cut their arms off, then they cut their legs off while they're still alive. These aren't soldiers. These are butchers. These are demonic, and so they're still collecting the, the the body parts. In fact, you'll see a little bit later an ambulance that we donated a military, and that's where they were bringing in. Uh, that's why they still they they still don't know how many people are were actually killed. We know it's over fourteen hundred because they're bringing the, the bodies in, and like this one, they were trying to figure out what it was, and they finally figured out, oh, it's not one person, it's a mother and her three children that were tied together and then set on fire and burned alive. Now, I know that's gross, but you got to understand, these people, we have a government that is partnering with a regime that is financing this. Now I got all kinds of pastors saying, "Pastor, what if they come after you? What if they come after your 501c3?" Let me tell you something. This is right now for every Christian. This is an Esther moment. Amen. This is an Esther moment. And you say, "Pastor, what do you mean an Esther moment?" Mordecai, I said to Esther, "For such a time as this." But remember what he said. He said, "Don't think if you stay quiet, you're going to escape." Don't think if you stay quiet. And I challenge every. It infuriates me that pastors aren't saying something, because this is not a war about borders. This is a war about eliminating God from the face of the earth. This is evil versus good. This is barbarianism, barbarianism versus. C- I got jet lag so bad. Civilization. So we've got to understand this. I'm in here, over here, and I'm looking at this, and there's a My Little Kitty, uh, My Little Kitty, is that right? My, huh? Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty Kitty, little girl's diary. And as I'm in there looking at this and looking at the little shoes, the, the husband of this family comes in. He hadn't been back since October 7th, and he walks in. I don't know if we have any pictures. Go to the next picture. I don't know if we have a picture of him in there, and uh, this is their house. This is one of the houses. It's just house after house after house. You can just stay there a minute, and okay, stay there. And so he 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 had just come back, and he had a big bandage on his arm. He had been in Jerusalem when, uh, and he was driving back when at six thirty in the morning, his wife called and said, "We're under attack." And uh, he was driving back, and I don't know if you, there he is right there. I, I, we won't show you this, but I saw the picture of the bullet wound that went through his arm. It's a miracle he's got an arm. I've, I've never seen a wound on a human like this. But he was driving back, and you heard about the concert where, where they killed like 400 of these young kids that were there, a peace concert. It was a concert for peace between Israel and the Palestinians, and that's the first place they hit. He was driving back. That was probably about about five, six minutes down the road from this kibbutz, and he was driving back. You see him wearing this here. I I brought some back for us, and... uh, and it says, bring them home. And you see the bracelets that our girls are wearing. It says about the hostages, as long as you're, uh, we are here as long as you're there. And so, he was coming back, and the kids, by the hundreds, were fleeing through the trees and down the dirt road and and everything. And Hamas is just killing them, just murdering them. And he... uh, he stopped, and four or five of them jumped in his car. They're machine-gunning his car. Uh, um, uh, one of the people in his car was killed, another wounded. He was wounded, went through, and then they shot out all of his tires, and so he drove off on his rims into the fields that they're farming, and they ran, and so uh, uh, they're hiding, In, in, in uh, we won't show the pictures because he's severely wounded and And Hamas is just murdering everybody, just indiscriminately murdering everybody, raping the women, uh, cutting people up. and so his family is there and instead of going in the safe house, they went up the steps here and he had a hidden compartment behind um like a kitchen sink type of thing, and his his I believe it's he it was either his brother or his son. I think it was his son was home from the military. So he happened to have a weapon with him and so um they're hiding in there uh him and his uh, his wife and his two daughters and the the son I think it was from the military and they're hiding and the people the the Hamas people um didn't just sweep through. They went into every house, they would sit there and eat while they're bringing people in to do ungodly things to them. They're sitting there because th- this, there was th- 3,000 Hamas yeah. came in, 3,000. And then the next wave was thousands of civilians. And so they're partying while this butchering is going on. One reporter, um, Hamas wore uh, GoPro cameras on their heads and videoed all this. You know, Nazis did this to Jews, but when they realized that the war was ending, they tried to destroy the enemy. Hamas didn't try to destroy it. Hamas sent it out in media and took the people's own cameras and did unbelievable things and then sent the video from the the, the daughter's camera to the parents. And their eating and and partying this guy's family was upstairs and when they were done eating and he they could hear the screaming and everything going on the hamas people came in and they were ransacking and shooting and burning everything and then realized there might be something back there one of the hamas guys crawled in and the guy shot him and killed him and then he jumped out and started killing and once they realized he had an automatic weapon they fleed and so his family by a, he he said he said I'm not a, I'm not a follower of God but a miracle saved my family's life and, and that that is without a doubt so uh, go to the next picture um, okay here is uh, if you remember uh, in February or something we brought in a group of Ethiopian uh, uh, for Aliyah. And they were down in there. We were down in the center, down in where the massacre took place. And these are the kids uh, that we had to get out. We, you, you, we partnered with Karen Oat, got them out of the massacre area and housing them in, in, uh, up uh, outside of Tel Aviv now. But if, if these kids hadn't been rescued, these kids would have been killed. And so when we're talking about one of the reasons why I I, I did this and why we're going to keep talking about it is we keep hearing the word hostage, and hostage is a word. These aren't words. These are babies. The hostage, you know, you just keep hearing it until it just becomes a a word. You know, these these are human beings. And so next picture, I don't know if we have any. Do we have any more of the kibbutz or did you already blow it? JP. Okay, so this, this here, uh, of course, you know Sam, and that's Edna from Karen Hazot. Um, this is a whole area down in uh, Tel Aviv that is uh, dedicated to getting the hostages home. Um, this precious lady here, this is her husband over here, this is the aunt to Aviv and Raz. Um, you, you you see you see and you'll see we've got posters hanging up over here. This is this is Aviv here. This is their their brother. Uh, Aviv and Raz is uh, uh, is is been kidnapped. Their mother has been kidnapped. Their uncle there, her brother has been kidnapped. They were all in the same house. And the grandmother was kidnapped. So they, they thought there was five just from this family. And uh, uh, when, when IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, crossed into Gaza, they found the mother's body. If you've, you saw on the news, it showed it a lot. Um, there were people in the back of this truck or Jeep type of thing, and there was a grandmother there, and they kept trying to put, like, a flag over her head. That's the mom. And so uh, Roz is, like, four and a half years old, I think. Uh, Aviv is uh, two years old. Nobody knows where they are. And you know what really ticks me off? You know, I've been a Christian... uh, Almost 50 years. I haven't cussed in 50 years. These people almost make me want to cuss. Because there are no good words to describe them. Do you forgive me for that? And if you don't, pfft, I don't give a rip anyway. But it, it, it infuriates me. You don't take babies. Soldiers fight soldiers. You don't take babies, and you don't take women. You don't rape 12-year-old little girls. And so, you know, we, we were talking to them, and to be honest with you, um, they were devastated. You know, they're, they're tired of talking, i would be honest with you. And I started, I started sharing with them that, you know, we believe in miracles because when you hear, when you hear what it is these people did, Remember, they took hoes that you hoe the ground with and cut the heads off of 40 babies. Remember that. As Sharon was saying, they took a 12-year-old little girl and broke her leg apart while they raped her over and over again in front of her parents. Remember that. That's what we're dealing with. Remember that come voting time. You gonna put these guys back in office? Shame on anybody. Well, I just don't like Trump. Really, you like Hamas? Really? And so, you know, I, I don't know if I I could teach on Zechariah nine for two months. But here's one of the prophecies in Zechariah 9 that's amazing. So we're talking to them, and, and you know what? We're encouraging them and stuff, and I told them about the miracle. I said, we believe in, in miracles. And I told them about Lion. I told them about tiz, and they, they're picking up, and I said, but look what God showed me. I was in my hotel room uh, watching the news, and, and I'm, I'm looking at Ashkelon, and I'm looking at Gaza, and I'm going, this is what the prophet Zechariah talked about. And maybe I don't know if I'll get to it today, but this is what he's talking about. But one of the amazing things we were sitting at dinner, Sam and and, and uh, Edna, and you know I don't I, Edna's not religious, and I told and we're talking about the lady that we're going to have here on December 3rd who could be the next prime minister. And I said, you look at Zechariah 9, and we're we're in the restaurant, and all of a sudden Edna goes, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh." and i shared him with this it says that when the enemy comes and attacks israel and this and that and he said i saw and it doesn't read right in english she was reading in hebrew it says i saw the prisoners in the tunnel without water and i came and set them free and i gave that to her and we need to really pray for this that god will come and set those captives free amen but I mean, you you look at Zechariah nine, and it's amazing. All right, let's go on. I'm, I'm running out of time. Uh, next one. All right, so here's an amazing thing. When we were there last, when did we go? Last? Uh, May. We were there in May, and we went to. We got into a military base right by the Gaza border. That's like Israel's Green Beret of Green Beret of Rangers. I mean, they're the elite. And Sam and Shmulek said, you know, even members of parliament don't get in here. And we went in there, and we saw the dedication of these young men, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. And they were like the, the, the elite of the elite. They're the ones that go in there and find them in the tunnels and, and stuff. And I was so moved by them. And by the way, we found out while we we're there, that keep that picture there, that three of those young men that we fell in love with, have already died in Gaza, and so we need to keep that. I got a a, uh, text from uh, uh, a rabbi in Israel, uh, a rabbi that we met when I spoke at the Jewish uh, meeting at the hotel four or five weeks ago. Uh, The rabbi here in Dallas, his grandson was killed this morning in Gaza, and so keep them in prayer. But while we were there, I met the commander of this base, and and I was just moved. You know, the Bible says don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep, but look for a place to be a blessing, right? And so we were there, and I realized the sacrifice that these young men make, and I said to the commander, I said, what, what do you need here? Is there any way we can help you? And he said, all of our armored ambulances are old. And he said, we need we need an ambulance. And so right there... I volunteered that you would buy one. And little did we know, little did we know that this was going to happen. And so this was the last day that we were there. And uh, in fact, they didn't even get, you can see here, this ambulance was donated by New Beginnings Church, Larry Huck Ministries of Dallas, Texas, and Karen uh for the Israeli soldiers. It just got in. They just equipped it. And the next day, and in fact, they, they just put a, a uh, magnet sign on there because they haven't even had a chance to, to paint, you know, donated by you. And the next day, it was going to Gaza for the soldiers. And uh, it, it will save thousands and thousands of soldiers' lives, civilians' lives. And so, but we didn't know. See that's why when God leads you to do something, you do it. You don't. It doesn't necessarily make sense. And so while we were there, and of course, um, uh, I think four or five of their ambulances already been bombed. We last week I think we bought two more ambulances for Vida Dome, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, I think fourteen of their ambulances have been bombed and destroyed. And so while we were there, I told Magandavita Dome, we will buy another one for you. And I told the military that we will buy another one for you. And so they're $165,000 apiece. They're not ambulances. They're ICU units on wheels. They're, They're like an operating room on wheels. This one is in Gaza right now. I told them next week we'd send another one. I told Magandavita Dome we'd send another one to them. And so uh, I volunteered all of you to, it's uh, $330,000 or whatever it is, but uh, uh, it, just think, you're, you're saving people's lives. All right, I, I, so we need you to give. You know, I don't take offerings. We just let God move on people, but uh, we need you to give. Here's a neat thing. some uh, When, when uh, I was doing the uh, interview with Daystar Zoom uh, from Jerusalem, uh, Doug said to me, "He said, Pastor Larry, what with all the bad that's going on, what good is going on?" And here's an amazing thing: when I landed in, in uh, Tel Aviv and they were driving me up to um, Jerusalem from Tel Aviv, the young man that was driving me, he, he, uh, he, they were, they were everywhere we went. People were over the top because they feel like right now they're alone. They see all the demonstrations. They see CNN. They see, you know, CNN, the Communistic News Network. And uh, they see MSNBC, and I won't even tell you what acronym I've given that. Um, <laughs> but they see all the demonstrations, so they think they're alone. And so far, I mean, Israel, Jerusalem's empty. I mean, there's nobody on the streets. There's nobody. It's like a ghost town. And so here's uh, this little Christian pastor that's, that's up there, uh, standing up for Israel and representing all of you, and they were beyond appreciative, everybody. And he said to me, he said, you know, on October 6th, Israel wasn't a great nation. And he said, we weren't a great nation because we fought with each other about everything, We've, you know, religious, secular, political. We fought about it with each other. But on October 7th, we become one nation. We became a nation of unity And we saw that everywhere. What this is, I had just met with one of the mayors from this area, Uh, had a meeting with him about some things that we want to volunteer to help do um, to fix this place. And uh, he said, walk across the street. And so we walked across the street. If you look at these army guys, most of these army guys are older. You know why? 360,000 men were called up out out of the reserve and they're family men they're doctors they're bakers they're whatever and this area here there's every day thousands of soldiers come in there and uh they're cooking them hamburgers or they're cooking them uh, food or they're giving them haircuts or they're they're doing something and it's all being done by volunteers by civilians that are just taken off from their work or shutting their business down to come and serve the soldiers while the soldiers are protecting them and defeating the enemy. Um, uh, they asked me to help make <laughs> make so you can tell I had no idea what I was doing and uh, I w- I was just uselessly in the way. But it was a it was a photo op and and uh, I don't know if you got a Okay, back, back up. So uh, we don't have it. I, I should have picked that photo out. There's one guy there, and he's a big, burly guy, probably about 45 years old. He's actually standing over here from me, and he's from New York. He owns a restaurant or something in New York. And, uh, and uh, he shut down his restaurant so he could come to Israel and just serve, just, just serve. And you see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. People, they, they, what Satan's meant for evil, God is using it for good. And, you know, you think about a kingdom divided against itself can't stand But where there is unity, I will command my blessing there. And so they're done with politics. They're done with playing games. They're done with, you know, in fact, one of the neat things is down where that rock concert was taking place with all the hippies and, you know, all the young people and everything, the, the guy that was shot in the arm and the other people said... That there was a Orthodox kibbutz. and of course the Orthodox uh, don't drive on Saturday. But when they were, when, when the oh, I know who it was—the guy from the uh, Vita Dome, uh, uh, the Star of David—it's their Red Cross, it's their ambulances. And he said, "You saw all these Orthodox guys with their black hats on the Sabbath going down and picking up these hippies and saving these hippies' lives and putting them in and bringing them up. And so all, all barriers were torn down. It was." Really cool. We'll just show a couple more here. Um, what do we have next? We're frozen on my uh, new ministry of. Uh, so th- this is uh, this is one of the uh, Holocaust survivor homes that we help sur- uh, um, uh, we help uh, um, finance through Karen Hazood. Everything we do. And uh, it's through Karen Hazot. They're, the, they're, they're the Israeli agency that we know when we do it. Uh, it's funded. And so every uh, Passover, every Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, uh, whatever, we make sure they get um, uh, meals for that, and we make sure they're... And so every week they get meals. And so uh, once again, they had me uselessly giving this guy uh, in the Holocaust. All right, so we're over there, and... Uh, I saw, I saw, I heard of so much bloodshed that I, I really felt I'm going to give blood. And so we're at the, uh, I'm actually not passing out. <laughs> I'm actually talking to somebody. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting The night before I knew I was giving blood the, the last day there, and I was in my room, and i going, well, you know, what is it stupid that I give blood? You know, I'm thinking this. Is it stupid that I give blood? What, what difference does it make if one more person gives blood? When, when we got there, we found out how much they need blood because there's, there's thousands and thousands that are wounded, plus the military's in there, and they're being wounded and, and everything. And God spoke to me, and he said, that's the same thing when people think, well, what will my $20 do towards a $165,000 ambulance? And if everybody thought that, there would be nobody giving blood. And if everybody thought that, we wouldn't be buying an ambulance. And so it it makes a difference when we do what God tells us as an individual. But I didn't realize how uh, moving it was for the Jewish community that we gave blood. And uh, and so this is the same organization. The, it's called Mogandavita Dome. I think we've bought 10 or 12 ICU units on, and we promise another one. And once again, everything we do goes through Karen Hazut, Karen Hazut, the uh, uh, um, uh, Jewish agency with the government there. And so every penny that we give for a project, every penny goes to that project. And so it, it's neat people. All right. It was my birthday. It was my birthday. In fact, the, the Holocaust survivors sang me happy birthday. They, they have a choir. They're amazing. And they sang hallelujah. It was beautiful. And then they sang happy birthday. So move on from that. This, this real quick here. These are people who lost uh, family members. This gentleman here, forgive me, I can't remember his name. And see, he's wearing the tag. She's wearing the tag. And he's always, he's, Sam and Shmulek told me he's very well known because he's always been for years and years a volunteer to help families who have lost someone through terrorism. And his son was killed during the massacre and uh, uh that's karen i can't remember exactly the the story but she lost uh i think her mother and father in one of the kibbutz during the act of terrorism and uh it's just heartbreaking to hear their story so uh holocaust survivors uh they're the ones that sang happy birthday to me I'm I'm the youngest one. <laughs> move on, move on. Go th- go the next one. Uh this is uh, help me with his last name. President, this he's ex president of Israel. President Rifki 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 Rif, Rif, something like that. And and we're going in. This this is a whole five story building that a company has dedicated just to the recovery of Holocaust or of the uh, hostages. They've dedicated the whole building that I think there's something like 15,000 volunteers that are in there, doctors, nurses, psychiatrists, sociologists, all those people. And we ran into him. We ran into, a, we're all trying to get on the elevator and ran into one of the generals there. Uh, uh, and then Sam got, and I got to go. We don't have pictures. We got to go to right across the street to Israeli's um, um, uh, Pentagon. It would be their, uh, their Pentagon. We got to meet with Ambassador Ron Dermer for about fifty-five minutes. You know, y'all know Sam uh, from Karen Hazel. Uh, anything else? Is that at the end of it? Anything else? Uh, Ethiopian, the Ethiopian ladies uh, from uh, that we you brought in, and uh, they sang me happy birthday too. I had three happy birthday parties. Okay. That's, you know, shmulek. Okay, what else we have? Move on quickly. Even quicker than that. Is that it? That's it? Oh, happy birthday. Uh, I got a cake, but I didn't get to eat it too. Sweet kids. Just think you saved their lives twice. You've saved their lives twice, once out of Ethiopia, now out of the, out of the terror zone. Anything else? We got anything else? Is that it? That's it? All right, give the Lord a clap offering. Let, I'm going to read you. I'm already two minutes over, but I'm going to read you one thing out of Zechariah 9, and I could teach on this, but let me just read the very beginning of it. It says, the, the burden of the word of the Lord against the land of Hadrak. I was sitting in my hotel room. I'm just going to talk for about five minutes. I was sitting in my hotel room. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. I got jet lag. I can't sleep. And I'm watching the news, and I'm watching what's going on there, and I think to myself, this is Zachariah's prophecy. And, of course, I talked to you about the tunnels and, and, and all that. It's, it's amazing. We'll, we'll take time, and we'll study it sometime. But when I was reading this, I, so I got up and I said, this is Zechariah, this is, and it, of course, it's about the coming of the Messiah. It talks about the Messiah coming uh, on a colt of a foal of a donkey. And so it's talking about this war is going to take place and Israel is going to come to God. You know, when we think of Israel, we think a lot of Israel as being religious, orthodox, but a lot of Israel is secular. It's very secular, and um, but yet we saw things where the soldiers are putting on the tefillin and they're praying to God, and so you see a return to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. But when I get up and read it, and I'm looking at this, and I, and it talks about Ashkelon, it talks about Damascus, it talks about Gaza, but I'm looking at it says against the land of Hadrach. and I'm thinking, I'm. I'm pulling up all kinds of maps at 3 in the morning. I said, there is no Hadrak. So I went to ancient Jewish wisdom, and Hadrach does not exist. So why is Hadrach in the Bible? And ancient Jewish wisdom says Hadrok comes from two Jewish names. Chad, which means sharp or harsh, and Rak, which means soft or gentle or redeeming. And ancient Jewish wisdom says that when Israel is attacked, and it's amazing, it talks about being attacked from Gaza. When Israel is attacked, he's going to be sharp and harsh against the enemies of Israel. But he's going to be soft and redeeming to the children of Israel. And I believe that's what's coming out of this. I believe that God is going to destroy this enemy, that God is going to give Israel victory, And I believe in Genesis 12. Those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed. This is this is I believe an Esther moment for us. You got to choose you this day. God says, I put before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. Choose blessing. And we need to not just be silent and say, Well, we're for Israel. We need to be loud. We need to be vocal. We need to be bold, and we need to let the world know we are standing with Israel, and Israel has every right in the world to defeat this enemy once and for all. If you remember the, day, the, the Torah portion, the week that Israel was attacked by Hamas, God says, I will destroy. God's speaking to, to, to uh, Noah, and he says, I will destroy Hamas from the face of the earth. This is the time that we make a stand with Israel. Can I have an amen? amen. Would you give the Lord a clap offering? Tis, stand with me. Kiss is, is going to lead us in prayer. Scotty, are you going to lead us in prayer? Uh, I, I apologize. I was going to teach more, but it's better to hear from Sharon Haskell and see the pictures to realize what's going on. And, you know, prophecy is not doom and gloom. Prophecy is God saying those who have eyes to see, let them see. And we need to see what's happening and we need to stand with our Jewish and brothers, sisters around the world and stand with the nation of Israel. Amen. 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 Amen.
2: So dad, before you ever decided to go to Israel on this trip, we had already on the calendar that this was the day we were going to celebrate your birthday Happy here. at birthday. New Beginnings, And so we thought that there would be no better way to do that.
0: Then to honor you for your stand for Israel and to honor you for um, going there last week. I mean, on your birthday, that was pretty incredible. And
2: so we've got just a couple things that we want to show you how much we're proud of you and how
0: much
1: we honor you.
0: Amen. The first thing we want to do, Pastor, is welcome in our guests, Sam and Shmulek, via Zoom. Sam and Shmulek. Yes. You think they're tired of me. No, no they, not they'll never scenes. get it. they Sam. Okay, ah.
3: Shmuelik. going to try to reconnect. Shmuelik's going to try to reconnect. But you see, Pastor Larry, you, you can't get rid of us so easily.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know Sam is, see, Sam is in his military uniform. Sam has the sad job of knocking on parents' doors to let them know whether or not, let them to tell them that their child has been been lost his life defending israel and so sam what an, what an
0: amazing hard thing but we pray for you every day absolutely. yes we, do. we sure do and and sam then, can you explain to us about this special presentation for pastor larry's yeah. birthday
3: absolutely so first of all thank you shmulek is supposed to join and He may have had some technical difficulties he may or may not join but like pastor larry said i'm actually speaking to you right now in my uniform from my army base here in jerusalem so first of all i'm sending you all blessings uh from here in jerusalem and thank you pastor tiz and pastor scott for for connecting me in pastor larry we i know that we celebrated your birthday at least three times when you were in israel but but we wanna, we wanted to uh, surprise you and uh, present to you uh, a very special Israeli flag that wow. I, I can't really see right now, but I can only imagine that Pastor Tiz and Pastor Scott wow. are presenting to you on our behalf, on behalf of myself and Shmulek and all of Kerena Yisod, and and it's really for you uh, and and all of New Beginnings Church. It's a very special Israeli flag. I want you to know, Pastor Larry. It is, it is a flag that has been flown uh, at our historic uh, office site, the, you know, the, the building compound where our offices are of Kearana Yisod, which you now know very well, which is right in the heart of Jerusalem. And it's the headquarters of all of the national institutions, the founding national institutions of the state of Israel. And so this is a flag that's now been retired from being oh, flown... Wow. At the national institutions, wow. and it's now being presented to you for your oh, birthday. And I think it, oh, it really
0: wow. symbolizes
3: the partnership between New Beginnings Church, Larry Huck Ministries, and Karen Ayisod, which we've now had, I think, for almost 10 years, probably. Yeah. Uh, with with me, it's been five years, but I think we've 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 strengthened and deepened the relationship, and through your really close uh, partnership with us as a founding national institution. Uh, as you know, we've been able to support fulfilling Bible prophecy, whether it was Aliyah during the war with Ukraine, which is still ongoing, helping the Holocaust survivors. And now during this terrible war, which is really a war for all of us of, of good against evil and uh, civilization against uh, you know barbarism, and Judeo-Christian values against evil, and you're helping us support not only those things that that you mentioned uh, in showing the pictures, but in in helping the victims of terror directly through the work that we do with the Victims of Terror Fund, and so we thought that this would be a great uh, birthday gift for you, uh, Pastor Larry.
0: Oh,
1: thank you, guys, and this is for for all of us. And Shmulek is here with us now. Shmulek! Thank you, my friend.
2: Shalom, Shalom Pastor Larry and happy birthday. I don't think we could choose a better gift to give you beside the flag of Israel that you love so, so much. Thank you and happy birthday.
1: Thank you guys, thank you so amazing. much. Sam, real real quick, just so people know how, how uh, amazing this flag is. Um, where Karen Herzog's uh, offices are, can you tell the people the balcony that we've stood up on the balcony and back in, what, 1948, what was announced from that balcony?
3: Yeah, so just to give you an idea, the, that uh, that famous courtyard, which is Shmulek and I have the, the privilege and the blessing of walking through it every morning when we come to work in Israel— and, and you've been there many times uh actually all three of you uh i believe uh with pastor scott yeah. and pastor tis we want to have you all again soon um it's a historic building uh the whole complex where we are it was actually built in the late 1920s so even before the establishment of the modern state of israel and it really was built to be the seat of government because even before the state of israel was announced it was the center of the governing body of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. And then in 1948, uh, the first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion was there and and that balcony that you were referring to, Pastor Larry, that's where it was announced. Uh, Many things were actually announced and celebrated there when uh, in November, 1947, when it was announced that there was going to be a state. And then of course, in May, 1948, when it was announced that Israel had declared its independence. Uh, it was announced from that balcony where we stood together to the masses of people in the Jewish uh, homeland, uh, and they just celebrated. and uh, And so we thought it would be really special that you would have that, and you could always, uh, wherever you put it, you would you would think back to that and your connection with not only the State of Israel but with Karen Na'aseh and the national institutions. And I I I would be remiss if mm-hmm. I didn't take this opportunity. I want to especially thank Pastor Tiz because, uh, and and your entire um, your entire community uh, there at the church for letting you come to Israel on the trip that you came on last week. I know that you just shared your experiences and your pic- and the picture, some of the pictures. But I want you to know, um, especially Pastor Tiz, thank you for supporting uh, Pastor Larry and coming. I can't tell you how much it meant, first of all, to me, to Shmulek, to Karen so, but you heard Pastor Larry say to every citizen in the state of Israel um, that uh, not only an American, but uh, a Christian brother representing brothers and sisters would come to Israel at a time when there are no tourists and to stand with us, to support us in solidarity. And of course, the critical financial support that you're all sending, that the needs are huge. Um, it was so important that you were here with us last week, and that you did all of the all of the things that we did together. So thank you.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Give Amen. them a big hand. Now, there's one more thing, Pastor and thank Sam Smulek. Shm- if you have a minute, just stay with us. Uh, Pastor had sent a special letter to both the Prime Minister and the President. Uh, of Israel, expressing our support and solidarity that we are going to stand with Israel through thick and thin as long as it takes. We will be there for uh, Israel, and uh, we got a letter back from the president, President Isaac Herzog, and as part of uh, this birthday celebration, Pastor, I just thought I would share this this is an important letter. This is just a copy, uh, but I want to read it. Is okay if uh, do we have just a few more minutes I could read this? I sure. need to take my glasses Absolutely. off.
3: And uh, I, want before, I want you to know that I I spoke personally to President Herzog, uh, both before and after he received your letter, uh, and, and when he sent the letter response to you, uh, and it, it means a lot to him, not only in his capacity as the president of Israel, but also personally. So mm. I, I, I could tell you firsthand that that's that's not just, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, a, a a letter that was sent back as a, as a matter of uh, uh, of courtesy. It was a lot more.
0: Yes. Thank you, Sam. And Here, here is what it says. Dear Pastor Huck. I was very grateful to receive your letter of solidarity in this dark hour for Israel and the world, and I want to relay my warm appreciation to you, your family, and your church community on behalf of the entire state of Israel. Amen. The reverberations of the support of your church and the broader Christian community in the wake of the horrific October 7th massacres are deeply meaningful for the people of Israel who have been compelled to show up on the front lines in the battle of the civilized world against barbaric doctrines of hatred and terrorism. I appreciate the moral clarity you carry. Mm reflected in your unequivocal allegiance with the state of Israel as we take up arms to defend our people and our principles on behalf of all peace-loving peoples. Pastor, I am certain you share my alarm at the abhorrent resurgence of anti-Semitism being experienced throughout the world. It's masquerading as political activism, This most persistent doctrine of hatred is denying Jews their basic sense of safety and propelling humanity back to its most shameful times. It demands of every person of good conscience to speak up loudly and unequivocally against this sickening phenomenon. I deeply appreciate the strong voice towards tolerance you offer as an influential religious leader. Pastor, I have every faith that Israel will overcome the overwhelming darkness of this moment with the luminous light of an indomitable people, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit. Wow. Please wow. accept my gratitude and warm personal regards from Jerusalem. Yours sincerely, Isaac Herzog, President of the State wow. of Israel. Yeah. Wow. wow. Happy wow. birthday, Pastor. Yeah.
1: Happy birthday. And, and you know, well, 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 we, 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 we do it together. We do it together. I just get to be, you know, the eye candy, but we all do it together. <laughs> And, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, we said, we do everything through Sam and Schmulik, Karen Hezot, which is an official Israeli um, uh, uh, institution. And maybe you don't know, but for the most part, Karen Hezot reached out to the Jewish community for these projects, and we were the first Gentiles ever to partner with Karen Hezot, and this has opened the doors. And so, Sam Shmulek, I, I, I miss I miss Israel already. I, I miss Jerusalem already. I miss you guys, and thank you so much for sharing we my birthday. We miss you
3: too. Well, we we miss you too, and uh, just because we know how much you miss it, I'm gonna bring some Israel to you, and I hope you all know that two weeks from today, God willing, I will be with you uh, in the church together with former <laughs> minister Ayelet Shaked, and I look forward to being together with all of you in person, giving you a hug and having a chance to share uh, more about what's going on in Israel, the amazing work and the impact that all of you have, and to talk some more about uh, how how uh, together we can help support some of the the, the direct uh, work that we do in Karen Ayesod, especially during this time of war. So thank you, and I look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Amen. And, and Thank you, guys. And help happy love Thanks for
1: staying a little bit I longer. Amen. <laughs> Pastor
2: Larry, I just want to end. happy birthday. I adore you and your friendship to Israel for a long time. But after coming here to Israel during a war, I salute you. You left Israel giving us strength in Power to continue and fight against Happy this evil. Birthday. And thank you very much for coming to Israel. All
3: right. We salute you. Amen. Happy thank birthday, you, Pastor.
2: Baby.